God bless you and welcome to Walk in Truth Christian Fellowship Church broadcast. We appreciate and welcome all of you, our listeners around the world. Stay tuned to hear an exciting word from pastor teacher, Dr. James Sutton. chapter 4. Now, so far in Romans, I, I want you to understand the progression of it. From chapter 1, 2, and 3, we have what we call total depravity of man. Remember I told you about depravity? Told, basically, man cannot, will not have a proper relationship with God in his natural fallen state. All men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There is none that seek after God. No, not one. There's none that understands. So that's everybody on the planet to the Jew first and also to the Gentiles. That covers everybody. We all start in a deficit. When it comes to God, we all start behind the eight ball when it comes to God. That little baby that you think is an angel starts in born in sin and shaped in iniquity, not due to what they've done yet, but to the federal head of Adam, Adam was our federal head. And when he sinned, he plunged us all into sin. Okay. I'm going to give an example of that. When the president declares war, who goes to war? Oh, y'all go to war. Okay. So this is the same thing. The federal head determines the fate of everybody else. Okay. No matter what you say, if America's at war and you have drafting ages of male, you could get sent off to war, even though you don't like it. Your mothers, your daughters, your sons will be sent off to die because the federal head said we need to be at war. Now, the war that we created with the fall of Adam was a war between man and God. The Bible shows us in, in the early part of Romans, we worship who versus who? Worship, what do we worship? Man. And, yes, the creation more than than the creator. So that's any created thing that we raise above the creator. Your family members, your friends, a dog, a cat, that that pew, that that cross. You said that the war that was made for man was between the war between the war was between Adam and God. Okay, from the fall. So that rift caused a a, a place where we couldn't commune with God anymore, okay? We did. We couldn't. Not and not that we wanted to, because really what we did is think about what they did in the, in the in the in the wilderness. When Moses didn't come back fast enough, what did they do? They created a God of their imagination. Most of you are following a God of your imagination, not the God of what the Bible, because the God of Bible makes you accountable, and responsible for your actions. So you can't blame it on the fact that you didn't get raised right. You can't blame it on the fact that your children didn't treat you right. You can't blame it on the fact that you didn't have the right job or the right up in life or you didn't get the silver spoon or you didn't get the last piece of cake. You can't blame it on that. You got to take responsibility regardless of what happens to you for you. Your circumstances, circumstances, incidents and accidents, what I call the CIAs of life, have no bearing on you when you decide to come to Christ. All they do is act as a testimony. Of what you've been delivered from. 
and what you got to be accountable to. See, when you make peace, see, as long as I'm at war, I don't have to be accountable because I'm always can say those external things and making me go to war, which is really me. That's why the Bible says blessed are the peacemakers. Who are the peacemakers? The ones who realize war is bad. Peace is good. And the first peace I'm going to make is with God, because once I make peace with God, I'm in position to make peace with who? Men, with everybody. Y'all got to get this. So we were unable to have a relationship with God, the God, the one that he wanted. Okay. And the one that we benefited from. So then he sent his son to die for us so that we can, he could satisfy the sacrifice that was required, a blood sacrifice. Well, God has been foreshadowing a sacrifice ever since Adam and Eve. What did God do to cover them when they sinned in the garden? Y'all better not say no fig leaf either. Because I could feel y'all brains running to that cartoon, okay? That he did not cover them with a fig leaf. What did he cover them with? What did he have them do? What did he cover them with? Y'all going to make me go to Genesis now. Good, Y'all better come up. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. I just said he did a blood sacrifice with Jesus. So then just use your mind. What did he cover him with? Of, of what? Of what? Of what? Well, forget, a skin of what? A skin of a creature, right? Whether it be a goat, lamb, or donkey, he killed something to cover them, which had blood in it. So that was the shadow. Remember, Jesus, Old Testament is Jesus. Y'all better get this. Old Testament is Jesus what? Oh, gosh. We're going to have a test next week. <laughs> Old Testament is, G, is, is God what? Jesus what? No. Jesus is the way. No, it's 3-0. Thank you. At least Jackie got that right. Jackie may save y'all from a 100-page, 100-question test. Okay, so y'all better think about this. I know one of The Old Testament is Jesus what? Jesus is not revealed. Nope. Eh. I ain't going to say right to nothing. You're going to have to get all three of them right. In order. Jesus. I ain't going to give you a hint. Just think about it. Let me ask you this. Let me, let me, I'll ask some questions. You answer them. Did you see the see, actually see the Jesus that we knew in the New Testament? Did you actually, but does the Bible actually show that in the Old Testament? Do you actually see Jesus, the long hair, that lose your imagination? I'm going to have to go back and use something that ain't true. But use the Jesus that walked around on earth. Do you see that earthly walking Jesus in the New Testament, in the Old Testament? In the Old Testament? No. So that can't be. Let's do a process of elimination. I'm going to get y'all to learn how to think logically one day. So if that's, if it's not that you can't see him, it can't be Jesus what? It can't be that. That's one down that it can't be. There's only two more. So then if it's Jesus, I see, I don't, don't want to lead y'all. So then it has to be because Jesus in the New Testament is Jesus. Well, Jesus in the Gospels is Jesus what? Revealed. You answered the one. Okay. So then there's only two more. What's the first one then? If you didn't see him, if you saw him in the Gospels, that means you didn't see him in the old, so he must be. <laughs> Listeners worldwide, they've been, I don't know where they've been. <laughs> I don't know what they did this weekend. Jesus concealed. Concealed. 
It's Jesus concealed, Jesus revealed, and in the in the in the uh, not the New Testament, New Testament, but in the epistles, Jesus explained. Epistles e explained. Okay, so so in the Old Testament when he covered them, that was a foreshadow. And when every time I say shadow, think of concealed. That was a foreshadow of Jesus to come. What God was going to do that satisfied what Adam and did, but it couldn't be done by bulls. Because remember at some point in the Old Testament, he said, I'm tired of bulls and goats. Because you guys ain't doing right. You ain't living right. You're not living by the spirit. You're living by the religion. So I got to do something different to, to reconcile y'all back to me. And that was his son, Jesus. That's why in Isaiah, it talks about he was bruised for our transgressions, iniquity, all that stuff. That was a, that was a foreshadow of what was to come, okay? All right. So there we go. So we're going to pick up at Romans chapter 4, and I'm going to start at verse, uh, I don't want to start, let's see. Let me see, I'm going to start at 16. Jackie, please do read for me. Start at 16. 416. 416. Mm-hmm. Promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his offspring, not only to inherit, not only to the inherit of the law, but also to the one who shares the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. So Abraham is the father of who? All. Us all. And he's the father one one of the groups of people, he's the father by what? Okay, but and then the other by no. Faith and grace are the same people. Who's he father to the other, the, the natural father to? Jews. To the Jews. He's a bloodline father to the Jews, but he's a father to us all by grace. Because what happened in Abraham's history that he showed, and I want you to answer, that he showed that he trusted God. What did he do? No, that was one, but that's not what I'm looking for. What is what's his initial thing that he did to show that he trusted God? See, because I know she don't answer. See, my spirit let me know. See, I know who no answers, so that's why I shut them down because she she'll tell the answer. I'm gonna have her tell it. She better be <laughs> but, I, but I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let her tell it in a second. Come on, thank y'all. What did Abraham do? We already read this. We shh. If I can hear you, I know they're gonna hear you. Come on, what did he do? Oh, just think about it. Let me ask you now. I gotta ask some questions. I'm gonna help y'all by asking questions. When Abraham, when his righteousness was accounted to him as faith, was he a Gentile or a Jew? Jew. And you're wrong. He was a Gentile. So what does he do? What did he do as a Gentile before he became a Jew? No. If you say one more whisper, I'm going to send you out of here. He believed. Okay, what was his action of belief? Oh, y'all really twisted. Y'all don't have me scratching my head. Come on, y'all y'all know this. It, it'd be different. I would be upset if you didn't know, but I know you know. See, this is what I'm saying. Y'all need to go back and read. If y'all don't read after I teach, you will never, ever get this. If you, if you can't think, then we're just in chapter four. So this had to happen between one and four. Oh, what? What? Okay. All right. I'm gonna help you out. 
I'm not, I'm not, you're not going to look for it. I'm going to help you out. Okay. Abraham's righteousness would count him as a Gentile before he became a Jew because one morning God spoke to him and what did he do? Pastor, what you mean? He obeyed his voice. His he obeyed his voice and his obedience was, what did he do? He obeyed his voice. Obedience requires an action. So you just can't say he obeyed his voice. You got to tell me what he did that. that. What did he do? Okay. Oh, Lord Jesus. All right, here we go. I'm going to stop. I'm going to stop taking a breath. I need some water. Okay. All right, here we go. And see, he's a good thing. Don't, and don't think y'all know I'm just kidding and joking with you guys. Because guess what? You're not the only one. So these people that's listening to me, they sitting there scratching their head too. Some know it, some don't. So we're going to all know it today. All right. He obeyed God, as my brother has said. His action was he walked out on faith. He left his family and trusted God and walked away from all that he knew. And he asked God, where are you sending me? And God said, I'll let you know when you get there. He trusted God and walked and left his family. No, this was way before Isaac. This was back when he was in when he was a Chaldean and he got the word of God. Isaac came at Isaac was born. That was the that was later down the line he trusted God. But why did he trust God with Isaac with the prop with the with the promise of Isaac? Because he trusted God when he walked away from his people and walked out on faith. And that was afforded to him as righteousness. Anything that God affords to you as righteousness, you have to do something to show that you have trust him and believe. You don't get the thing of righteousness. So, now I'm going to ask you another question. If his act of faith and us believing in his act of faith and his obedience to walking out with God when he heard God, what is it that we do to show and become righteous? Do I need to pour this water on top of my head? Listen, what do I always point to in this building? What do I always say that you got to believe in? Besides that, Jesus, Jesus. besides all of you kind of right, but I want y'all to get specific in this. The finished work of Christ on the cross. Okay. That's what you believe in. That makes you righteous. Right there. Right there. What he did on the cross, you better believe in because that makes you righteous. So when you walk by faith and not by sight, Abraham was trying to walk by sight and God said, no, you got to walk by faith. Trust me and I'll show you where I'm going. You trust that and you know where you're going. So why not, why not believe? It's very logical to me. Abraham stepped out on faith and didn't know where he was going. We can believe and know where we're going. Do y'all know where y'all going? Because so, y'all look at me like y'all don't know where you're going. So Abraham was looking forward where we look backwards. Thank you. We rest on his faith and we see the Bible. That's why the Bible tells us in Corinthians about the word. It says, it says that, that, that the, the word, the, uh, the scriptures written aforetime for us to have encouragement and have this knowledge in God. So when we read Abraham's story, it should give us encouragement that he did it so we can do it. But we're not required to have the faith that takes us into a new land. We have to have a required faith that takes us into the presence of Jesus. Okay? Our journey is all spiritual. His journey was physical, but it has spiritual ramifications. Your, God's promises to you is not about a new car, a new house, 
or new territory. That's why you don't listen to them sermons that tell you that. Okay? Your promise is that you will ever be connected to the true and living God. And then one day you'll truly see him like he is. And that yes, he may give you these things on earth, but you don't measure God by what you don't have. You don't ask God, why don't I have this? And why don't I have that? And I see them over there having that. And I know they good. And I know they raise a whole bunch of hell. You don't know. That may be the thing that condemns them. While you shouldn't want what the devil was giving them, that God said, I don't want to give that to you because the devil gave that to them. They don't know it yet. You don't either. That's why the Bible tells us to covet. Don't covet nothing that nobody else has. Don't look at what I got and what I do and the way I preach and what y'all think I got in my head. Don't covet my gift. I'm not coveting yours. We're supposed to use each other's gifts and appreciate each other's gift. But don't say, I want to be like Pastor Sutton. No, you want to be like God made you to be. I appreciate y'all for y'all being you, not being me. There's no requirement of nobody y'all to be pastor, okay? Let me let me relax y'all at that one. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting up here necessarily looking for my looking for a, a pastor to take my place out of the congregation that we have now. We in four verse, what we in? Uh, 16, 17. 17. So y'all can relax at that. Okay? May I ask a question? Yes, ma'am. You know you can. Go ahead. <laughs> Is that why in the scriptures it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling? Yeah. And it says even better than that. Work out your own soul's salvation. Meaning that you're not doing anything, but you need to work it out. Meaning, with your renewed mind, figure out what God is trying to do after saving your soul. Don't be trying to figure out what God is doing past the sudden. Because trust me, you don't even want to walk in my shoes. All the stuff I got to deal with. I mean, spiritually. And I thank God I got y'all to keep me on track. Colonel, what did I tell you why I put you on the board? Tell them why I told you I put you on the board. Amen. I realized what kind of spirit she got. So I said, you know what? Curl said, why you put me on the board? Because I know you'll keep me straight. And it ain't her coming at me crazy. She said something. She may see something. She may feel something. And I trust enough in her to listen to what she got to say. Only y'all listen to if you got something good to say. And I don't mean good as agreeing with me. I mean good as further and further in this body, this work here. It may be Oh, uh, not what I want to hear. But I'm very receptive to what I don't want to hear if it's godly. Because I can search the scriptures and see if what you're talking about is true. Right, right, right. Be like a Berean. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. See if those things are true. You ain't got to listen to me. That's why I tell everybody. And if you, I put out challenge after challenge for people that challenge me in the word of God. And I don't have not one taker. Because that's fair. Because there's this thing of they say, well, I don't want to be shown that I've been in this for 40 years and I've been teaching false doctrine. Yeah, they don't want, they don't want, they don't want lowly Sutton to, but it's not me. God is calling the real preachers out and saying, look, get back to teaching Bible. Quit teaching all this other stuff that's hurting these people. These people are dyslexic, dysfunctional, and actually, what you call one of them crazy things when you kind of off and you, with some, you take schizophrenic when it comes to God. Thank you. Because you got all this stuff running through your head and you got all your imagination running through your head and what you need to know about God is right here. Amen. The word is sufficient for everyone. For every good work. That's what the Bible say. 
The word of God is for sufficient for every good work. So you want a good, good marriage? Understand the Bible. You don't need another book about the Bible. You need the Bible. And you need to ask God, explain it to me. And I promise you, he will. You don't need to know Greek or Hebrew. Because God wouldn't have put it in English if he did. Now, for those who want to academically pursue that like I have, but y'all never hear me talk about Greek and Hebrew, do you? There's no point in it. Because if I did that, I'd just be showing you how smart I am. So that takes the focus off of who? Jesus. I want y'all to focus clearly on Jesus. Because your power is in him. Period. And him alone. Thank you, bro. Him alone. I lift him up. I, he said, if, if you lift off, if I be lifted up, don't you understand how powerful that is? He's saying, if you exhort me and get out of your flesh and get out of what you want, I will do the drawing through you. That's why we don't worry about who come and go. Because we know we planted right seed and if you go, we know we planted right and we just wait for the harvest. Right. You coming back if you, put this way, you going to come back here. Or go somewhere else to go teach you the word. But you know what you're looking for. There you go. You know what you're looking for now. That brother wouldn't be here if I taught false doctrine. Would you come in? Because I taught him. He know what it sound like. But what I'm saying is, when I ask you these questions, don't get intimidated. Roll with it. I'm just trying to get y'all to think. That's all. I know it's in you. See, I have more confidence that it's in you than you do. So I'm just waiting for you to just grow up in it. That's all I'm waiting for. It's going to come. All of you have improved immensely since we started. Definitely. It's just that y'all get nervous when I ask questions because y'all should know by now I'm not really trying... Just always think, I'm trying to point you to Christ. That's all you got to do. So, so whatever question you're asking me, somehow or another, it got something to do with Jesus. That's all you got to think. And then you figure out the specifics. Okay? All right, go ahead and read these. Uh, 17 is in the middle. Okay, good. We already, we down to what? Just go ahead and start at 17. Okay. As it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So that's the scripture where everybody said call things into existence though they were. God calls things into existence, not you. Amen. Amen. Okay? Amen. You cause a lot of problems. God calls things into existence. Now, you can call some hate in existence, some envy into existence, some meanness into existence, some covetous into existence, but you can't make a tree grow. Okay? Unless God wanted to grow. And you can't make nothing die unless God wanted to die. So God is the only God I know can say let there be light and the whole universe light up. Okay? That is amazing. And then think about this. God God has a, those who are, who are saved. How fast? Let me ask you this. Heaven, we don't see the heaven and the throne that God sits on, right? The, the biggest telescope in the world hasn't found it yet, right? But we know it's out there somewhere, right? Now watch this. It takes one of them Mars mission things years to get to Mars. Years. You'd be dead before some of the stuff gets to where it needs to go, okay? How fast does your prayer travel to God? 
Instantly. Instantly. Because God can dispatch an angel right now. Fast and heavy, snap my finger. He don't need man's ways to move through heaven. You pray to God, he can hear it instantaneously. And he can dispatch your blessing instantaneously. Hallelujah. That's what you say to that. That I got a God that don't take, don't need no spaceship. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't need a text message. Don't need a phone call. All I got to do is call on him and tell him what I want. Ain't that what the song say? Call him up. And he going to answer. And tell him what you want. Sometimes you spend a lot, a lot of time being verbose in prayer when you should, don't really need to. Sometimes you got to tell God, just like when you're in trouble, Jesus, help me. You don't even want to explain why you need some help. Jesus, help me. Well, you're going to ask the question. I was going earlier you said a lot of times people covenant what others covenant, not covenant. Covet uh -huh. What others have. Mm -hmm. And they're looking at the outer appearance mm -hmm. and it seems to be good to them. Mm -hmm. And you know, but but I don't understand what they might be looking at being good in temple and what they call <coughs> a blessing actually could not be a blessing. It could be a curse. Think about it. The tree of knowledge for even them. He said, don't touch it, don't eat it. Don't touch it, don't eat it. Don't mess with it. But she looked upon it and what? Saw that the fruit was good. First sin, lust of the eye. You looking over there and you seeing something. You married, you looking at somebody else's wife or somebody else's husband. Because you believe that they getting, they got it going on. And you don't know. And you don't even know what the hell that that woman going, or that man going through dealing with that person. Isn't there three ways they said the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride, pride of life? Mm -hmm. yes. And and and, it, and all feed off each other. Mm -hmm. You don't have one; you have all three. Okay, so don't think that you have one; you have all three. Just like the fruit of the spirit, if you have it all, or you don't have none. Mm -hmm. You don't have kindness and, 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 and avoid the rest of them. Yeah, don't have self control. That don't make sense. If you if, if if you got kindness but don't have self control, then what's the point of having kindness? Right. See? Doesn't, doesn't it say fruit of the spirit, yeah. and not fruits? Yeah. Okay. Not individual. It's that whole package. That's right. If you don't have a whole package, you don't have none. That's right. Okay. Now you may be more proclivity. Well, let me use another word, not a big but ten dollar word. You have may be more leaning towards one or the other mm -hmm. because it's of your personality. But you need all of them to be a Christian and function in this world. Okay? Long-suffering. And Lord knows we got long-suffering. <coughs> but what is the point of me long-suffering? I can't show somebody some kindness. And I don't have no self-control. If I don't have no self-control, I can't long-suffer. Because the fact that I can't long-suffer shows I ain't got what? Self-control. So they all feed into each other. Okay? They all feed into each other. All right, go ahead. In hope he believed against hope that he should become the father of many nations as he had been told. Now stop. Now we're moving to his son. Why they say why did they say hope against hope? He believed that he would be the father of many nations because what was the natural circumstance that called that he needed hope? That he was too old to have children. He was too old, him and his wife were too old to have children. They had reached way beyond <laughs> The natural childbirth thing. But he trusted God when he left his family. He had to trust God in this matter, even though it seemed as if God 
had forgotten. If God has promised you something, he's going to give you. There's nothing that can stop God's promises. That's why I don't understand why a person don't become a real Christian. And I hate to say real Christian because that means, that means we have to qualify it. And it really should be just a Christian. Either you're a Christian or you're not. Either you believe in Jesus or you don't. And that's just that simple. You can't believe in the God and all that other stuff because Romans covers that. You believe in the creation more than creator. Okay? The universal God, the universe God, all that is created things by God. If I believe there's a universe and the universe is the, is the means by which things happen, then that negates the God who created the universe. So that's a false belief too. And that's again a belief of our imagination because it's kind of funny. In this universe, God always does what we want. And when he's not doing what we want, then that's evil. Okay? God doesn't have to, the real true living God doesn't need your help to do anything he wants to do. And some of you don't understand the level of cursing you live under because you don't trust that you will live in God. He loves you so much that he'll take that thing which you are worshiping as God and take it away from you. And some of you worship your children and don't think he's not above taking them too to get you to turn. He'll take them and they go to heaven. And leave you here, you trying to figure it out. But he took them so you could look at him. That brings to mind, I was in a seminar and a, a, a young lady had given birth to this son. And she was praying that God would save the son. But she testified that if God had not let, taken her son, she wouldn't be the person in Christ that she is today. Oh, yeah. Oh, there are those of us who have that testimony. I'm one of them people, not that I lost death, but I lost all that I counted on. You see what I'm saying? My God was my money, power, and fame. Yeah. That's what I counted. That was my God. And God took all that from me. I had a full-blown lust of the flesh, pride of life, all that. Lust of the eye. What did God do? He loved me so much, he said, I'm going to give you diminishing eyesight. Amen. Yeah. People always ask me, would you want to have that back? I said, nope. The reason why I know me because my eyes was to the point that whatever I wanted to look at and like, I wanted to possess it. I had the means to try to possess it. Now, I pray that I've changed, and I know that I've changed, but don't think that I don't understand that God had to do some things to get me to this point. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to play with God said, give it to me back so I can see what happened. He know me better than I know myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah, give it all back to me so I can really mess it up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, know enough word to be dangerous, for real. Ourselves better than God does. Of course we do. And he said he know every hair on our head. Yeah. And the ones we don't have. Amen. He know the ones you lost. <laughs> yeah. Amen. So, you know, we got to trust God. But Abraham had to trust God again, not with only the first thing he did, but with the promise of him being the father of many nations. He had one child. How am I going to be the father of many nations? I ain't got one child. <laughs> I don't have one child, but you telling me I'm going to be the father of many nations. Trust God. Trust God. So that's why he's a father of faith. So what you said earlier, Jackie, that was the last really big proving ground for him that in his old age, he trusted God like he trusted God when he walked out uh, 70 years ago. Okay, because he was a young man when he left his family. He now old man in a, in a country in Canaan and God's promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. And he's like, but didn't you tell me this? So then he started thinking like we would start. Well, maybe it's going to be something that's going to be done once I go. No, God said he's going to do that now, here. Amen. But he wanted you and, and his story to be told that 
God is not governed by time and your desire. God will do it in his time when he wants to. That's why some of y'all ask for God to tell y'all what he's going to do. You, you better not. Because you couldn't handle that it may be later or you may have missed it. Because you didn't trust him. A lot of the things some of you don't have in your life right now because you didn't trust the true and living. And I want to say, and I always want to point to true and living God, not God of your imagination. That's right. Not when you're rubbing your cross and having your beads and, and doing your oil stuff. That ain't God. He made all that stuff. That's, that's, that's again, that's stuff. Blessed oil has no power. I'm going to go on and tell y'all that. Break another one of y'all hearts. That has no power. Why deal with that when you can do deal with the blood? What about, what about the little rocks, crystal things that... Fred, you ain't get asked that. <laughs> In fact, if when she said rocks and crystal things, I'm like, you ain't got to ask that. That stuff is useless. That stuff is witchcraft. You telling me you gonna trust this top versus the true living God? Because this top is made of crystals, plastic crystals, and stuff. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. Old great cap. Really? Come on, y'all. Yeah. See, that's the problem with man. We so we we so foolish. We are so foolish and so ignorant and so childish. Go ahead. I've got uh, some friends and they've been sick for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. and, but they are very righteous and then they pray and all of that. But I heard one time <coughs> that they said that they will get well in God's time when He wants it, not mm -hmm. when they want it. Mm -hmm. Is that how it works? Yeah. yeah. He mm -hmm. just lets somebody get sick for a long time. Okay, first of all, there's two assumptions you made they're righteous. That's the assumption you make. And that's the assumption they make. Yeah, the, 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 the assumption is you looking at them and they or you deciding that they're righteous by what they pray and what they do. The problem with that is there's an assumption. The Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. There is none righteous, no, not one. We are only righteous when we are in Christ Jesus. And it's not our righteousness, it's his. So there's no man that's righteous. Not even me. But my my life is hidden in him. Mm -hmm. And just like you remember do you remember the story of the three Hebrew boys that went in the fire? Oh God, I love that. You love that story? I love it. Do you understand that story? Oh, I love it. Do you know the, do you understand the story? He got into the fire with them. I understand that part. Oh, then what happened? Okay, tell me tell me the story from your point of view. Oh okay. just just start with they got thrown in the fire and I go from there. Tell me the story. Okay, they got thrown from the fire. Three of them. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yes. Okay, go ahead. They believed in God so much mm -hmm. that he saved them. Okay. And that's why I like that so much. And the person threw them in, looked at them, and saw what? How many people in the fire? Four. Four. And he said the fourth one looked like what? The son, the son of God. Okay, now. What you're missing in the story is this part. The part that is so awesome. Yes, God delivered them. But what they said. If. He said, if. God does not deliver us. You are still our God. And if perchance he doesn't, we're going to still worship him. That's the miracle. The miracle is when I'm thrown in the fire or sick, use your sickness, that God is still God whether he deliver me or not. 
See, my relationship with God is not built upon my health. My relationship with God is built upon his glory. And his glory is bigger than my health. Because he said this in the Bible. This is when you got to know your Bible. He said, what we consider affliction now is going to consider what kind of affliction? Light. Light affliction. So no matter what I go through, no matter what disaster I have, when I go to Jesus and I look back, I'm going to dust myself off and say, that was light affliction. Yeah. Because the walk with God is going to be more glorious than anything I go through on this earth. And see, that's what helps us be righteous. If not with the sickness I have and him deliver me, he can and he may, but he don't have to because guess what? I, Paul said, I would rather be with him than over here, but it's more expedient to be over here. That's when I go to the doctor, no matter what the doctor say, I'm going to be all right because you know why? I know I'm going. So the doctor told me yesterday, uh, James, you only got three days to live. I said, hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I'm getting up out of here. I'm getting up out of here. Baby, church, I love you, but God is calling me home. And y'all ain't got to cry for me. Rejoice that I believe in what I was preaching. Because I'm gone. Only people who don't really know they're going worry about that. When you really don't know where you're going, you're scared to die. And you think like praying and all that stuff. Romans 10 and 9 says what? Y'all, I was quoted. Jack, you quoted. What does 10 and 9 say? 10 and 8 and 10 and 9. What does Romans 10 and 8 and 10 and 9 say? But what sin in the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart? That is the word of faith which we preach. Mm -hmm. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shall be saved. We we working to get to that point, ain't we? Through going through Romans. See, that's a that's a that's a watershed moment. We're working all the way through what we learn now to get to where that thing should be more than you once we get there, than you've been saying it. Because you can't get there till we go through the rest of the chapters. And we just at chapter four. Learning that we're justified by what? Faith. Not a faith of our own, but a faith that's a free gift from God that he gives to all those who what? Believe. Abraham believed. Now you can believe. Abraham trusted God, so you can trust God. Abraham did a miracle, gave a 99-year-old man a child. So how, how easy is that for God to give you some, to heal you? If that's what he wants to do. But a lot of times, what God is trying to do, my sister, is heal our soul, not our physicality. I wondered, like, when um, this pastor I heard, he said, you have to believe. Belief isn't an imperative. You have to have it. But isn't it between belief and then, like you say, just um, believing God and then there's something else with your I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to get what you're trying to say. Yeah. You said a pastor said what? The the faith. Mm-hmm. That's it. Faith and belief. Mm-hmm. And that you have to have that. You have to have belief and you have to have faith. Unquestionable. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. But just but the key is those two words really mean the same. Yeah. But it's not in having the words, it's believing. Having the faith in what the word represents. 
Your faith is only as strong as what it possesses. Okay, for instance, if I have faith in this bottle, is that strong faith? No. But yes, it is. It's just in the wrong place. It's in the bottle, right? That's the part of worshiping. Go back to Romans 1. They worship the creation more than creator. So yeah, I have strong faith in animals. I have strong faith in trees. I have strong faith in crystals. Yeah, your faith is strong, but it's what? It's in something that's weak. It's in something that can't do nothing for you. What did the Israelites do? When, they, when Moses didn't come back, they made a calf, didn't they? Out of gold. What could that calf really do for them? Nothing. Nothing. That calf couldn't bring them no food. That calf couldn't cover them. That calf couldn't shave them by day and get them fired by night. But again, as human beings, we always want an idol. And America, as me and Jackie has discussed, America loves its idol. We create a whole show for it. American idols. So what I believe in, your question is, when you say God, just remember, when I believe in this water bottle, it becomes a God. It, don't, it can't do nothing, but it becomes my God. So your question is, when people say that, what are you talking about? Who are you talking about? What do you want me to believe in? Because that's where the, that's, that's the devil in the details. Is in, you telling me you have faith in God, which one are you talking about? Are you talking about the God of the Bible? Or are you talking about the God of my imagination? Which God are you referring to that you want me to have belief in? That's the key. So that's like when you say righteous people. How did they become righteous? What God? See, that's the key. That's your next. See, I try to teach y'all how to ask questions behind statements. Jesus did that. If you understand, watch how Jesus dealt with people. They would say something to him and he asked them a question. They would say this to him, he'll ask them a question. Because he wants them to see the error in their question, in their statement, because their statement is too blanket. See, when somebody tells me they're a Christian, I'm like, how do you know you're a Christian? That's right. That's when they get the stumbling and fumbling. Well, you know, my mama, my granny, I went to church, I didn't pray. You know, I got a cross on the back of my car. I got a fish emblem on the back of my car. That don't make you a Christian. That has nothing to do with your salvation. All the physicality things you telling me, you ain't told me once you repented for your sins. And you know, that's a key word, repentance. Very key. Because you can't get to 10 and 9 till you go to Romans 2 and 4. My scripture. Don't you know that the goodness of God should lead you to repentance? And our problem is we do, we take our we don't understand how our saved soul supposed to affect our renewed mind. I'm gonna say it again: how your saved soul, your changed heart, supposed to govern your supposed to be renewed mind. The problem is some of us are saved at the soul level and never participate in the renewed mind level because we don't want to be accountable for our crooked mind. That still works within us. So I want to blame everybody else but me. I'm saying. I believe in Jesus. But there's that next step of maturity. That's why he says. When I was a child I thought I was a child. When you was first saved you was a baby. And some people are going to go to. Be 80 years old and go to heaven in a pumpkin seat. That's right. Still be babies. Still be babies. 
Never get to never walk in dominion, never walk in the glory, never walk in the maturity. They say some will get in and their behinds will be scorched. Okay? But I want to grow. Hallelujah. And in growing, I have dominion over things that, in this sense, it won't bother you. Hallelujah. A lot of things, and y'all got the same spirit I got in that. Think about it. We just don't let stuff bother us. We just keep on preaching and teaching. I don't worry if one show up or 10 of y'all show up. I'm going to start at 8 o'clock. Because I trust God. And if y'all don't, if I want that while I'm here and don't be nothing like me and Joyce, I'm going to still preach and teach. Because God showed me. He says, when one soul gives his soul, it's, it's, it, when one person gives his soul to Christ, all heaven rejoices. All I have it. So if anybody in our congregation has gotten saved through the preaching and teaching of God's word through this ministry, I've already got a plus up because all heaven done rejoice. So I'm, I'm not worried about nobody else. And that's it. I'm going to teach y'all. If you can get just one. Just get one. Then you got heaven's approval. That's what the Bible said in this. Not man rejoice. Not man gives me a, 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 a praise but my praise comes from God. I don't seek y'all's approval. I seek his. And a lot of times seeking his approval will go against what y'all want. It does a lot of times. Not, not all the time. Because when we in sync. See this is what I tell people about our congregation. We are so in sync that I don't really have that a lot. Like other pastors. You know I, we ran into a pastor the other day. Who said he quit his church. Because they weren't following God's Bible no more. And I can't, I can't blame them. Y'all start saying y'all want to do some other than God. I, two things got to happen. Either I leave or you leave. And I ain't going to fight with you. You have it. Follow your crystals and your caps. <laughs> and your water bottle. Yeah. Go do what you got to do. All right, read. We almost done for the day. Read. So shall your offspring be. Uh-huh. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was as good as dead, since he was about 100 years old. That's, that's key. He did not what? Weaken in faith when he considered his own body. So, Sister Joyce, so you can say that with the friend. They're not weakening their faith because they're still sick. Because they're not considering their own body. You see what I'm saying? They're not basing their relationship on God because I'm sick. They're basing their relationship on God because he's still a good God. Because if God allowed me to do what I do, even though I have diminishing everything, we all have diminishing everything. We are dying every day. Yes. And if God lets us come to church house, come fellowship with each other, love on each other, that's a blessing that we can get up. Because one day, we might not, we might be in a nursing home. We still, think about it. Our congregation, let's be honest. One day, one of us is going to be in that nursing home that we visit. And I pray we still have the same love that we will come Take care of, be there for that person who's in the nursing home. And it could be me. So I'm, I'm doing my, hey, I'm putting my money in the bank right now. And if it ain't y'all that come, guess what? God will send somebody else. Because he sent us to be to somebody else's in their life. So we don't count what we're going through. We look at the good God who is faithful. All right, go ahead. Or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb, mm -hmm. no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. Y'all need to underline that. No unbelief made him waver when it comes to what? 
the promise of God. If God said it, that settles it. You ain't got to believe it. So when y'all used to say in church, God said it, I believe it, and that settles it. That presumes that God don't move unless you agree with him. God said it, that settles it. It has nothing to do with my belief. We've already read that someone's unfaithfulness causes God promise to be null and void. God forbid. <laughs> Let God's word be true and every man a liar. That's right. So God don't need your approval. Quit saying stuff like that. And I, I know y'all used to say that in church. Don't raise your hands. I know y'all you hate because you say, God said it. I believe that. That's the first thing I debunked Jack, uh, Jackie when I went to their church. That's when he was looking at me all cross-eyed. I said, that ain't got no power. I said, listen to what you're saying. I mean, just listen. God said it. I believe it. That settles it. It should be God said it, it's settled, and God hoped that I believe. That sounds that's more biblical. God don't need you to believe for it to be settled. <coughs> it's settled when He said, and He you need to catch up with Him. And that's what Abraham saying. I learned to catch up with God because He said it. I just got to roll with it. How long? Know how long it takes. Amen. Go ahead. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God. He grew what? Grew strong. In his, in his faith. faith. As he did what? Gave glory, glory to God. Glory. So as he said, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, he grew what? Strong. Even though it hadn't manifested yet. That's why I tell you, you got to give God praise before you get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You might not even be going through. Why not just give God praise because he's God and then let God be God in your life? Amen. And we talk about God in the Bible, Amen. not the crystals in the water bottle. Amen. Amen. You can praise the crystals in the water bottle. Let's see what happens. Nothing. You can go buy you a rock and they can tell you it's from Jerusalem. And just because and that rock will sit there in your living room and you're looking at it telling everybody you got a rock from Jerusalem and it ain't going to do you no good. It's not going to do you any good. Amen. But we do that stuff. Even the cross you wear around your neck is powerless. Amen. I don't care how much you rub it. The Catholics and they bees are powerless. The candles they light are powerless. Because those are created things. He wants us to believe in the true and living God that's sitting on the right hand side of God having all power and dominion over everything. We walk by faith and not by sight, and the Holy Spirit lives within us. You have the most powerful thing living inside of you, but you keep tampering it down by worshiping the rocks, the four-footed creatures, and the stuff versus worshiping the living God that comes out the Bible. See? That's all. Who is blessed? Who is blessed forever? Amen. We read that part. The God who is blessed forever. Amen. All right, go ahead. We're going to get to chapter 5. Fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Boy, this is so good. Y'all need to outline all this. Fully convinced, unwavering, that God was what? Able. When we sing the song, he's able, that's where this comes from. God is able. All right, sister. God is able. All right, so go ahead. That is why his faith was counted to him as righteousness. But the words it was counted to him were not written for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be counted to us who believe in him who raised him who raised from the dead Jesus our Lord, 
who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised for our justification. You need y'all need to just underline all of that because that it that goes into Romans 10 and 9. Raised for our justification. That's what you got to believe in. You ain't been with the church yet. Think about it. He ain't say join no congregation, did he? Nope. He said believe in what was done at the cross. Believe in it unwaveringly and that he was raised for our justification. Mm -hmm. Then you ready to join the church body. Until then, you can only do two things. Either come in and learn yep. or come in and destroy. Yep. Because you are religious, you're not spiritual. True. Spiritual is not about your fingers Amen. and doing all this Amen. and talking in the Lord of voices. Being spiritual is knowing the word of God and living by the word of God, teaching through the word of God Amen. for the people. Amen. That's spiritual. Amen. You know, I make I try to make it so simple for people, but man want to make it hard. How does that help, help my friends if, if they're praying and crying and praying and I've prayed with them too and they don't see any success for it from the disease? I mean, Think about what you keep, you keep saying success as if success is truly delivery from a disease. They need to be saved. So you're assuming a lot about yourself and them. Yeah. You're assuming you're saved. Yeah. So you assume you got some power that you may not have. Yeah. So y'all can pray all you want. Mm -hmm. This is this the point I'm making, my sister. You need to work out your own soul salvation. Let's not worry about them for a minute. Oh. Let's just leave them alone. Okay, okay just leave them alone. Mm -hmm. And I'm not trying to offend you. I love you. And I love you enough to tell you the truth. First, you got to make sure you believe in this God. First and foremost, that guy right there in the Bible. Then, because the Bible says the prayers of the righteous availeth much. Well, if there's nothing being availed from your prayers, we can assume that you ain't as righteous as you think you are and that maybe you don't believe in the Bible like you think you do. That your God is based upon your experiences of the past. Your mamas, your cousins. Let me ask you this question. Because I want you to really see this. Today is your day to be delivered. Let me tell you something. Let me ask you something. Your parents, I don't know them. I can tell you something that they did for me. They tell for me. all of you. And I didn't realize it until I got older. Mm -hmm. They uh, put us in church when we were young. I mean, literally put us in church. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't understand it because we were still young. But of course, we were going to go because we weren't going to say no when I Mm -hmm. It wasn't until I got to be an adult and mm -hmm. I started having some adult problems that I saw myself going into a church by myself. Mm -hmm. I needed help. I was hurting. And because of what they gave me when I was young, mm -hmm. I was able to take that mm -hmm. and use it Amen. to be okay. I oh. would walk into a church and and and, and I, I didn't realize what they had done for me until mm -hmm. I was older Okay, now. And, and I, you know, I do it for my children. Mm -hmm. I've done it for them. I've kept them in church. Mm -hmm. They were little and then getting older. And when they get older, I can't make them come. Mm -hmm. I do that too because I want them to be able to, to have God and talk to God when they're in pain or they need help. Okay. So and, and what the, this is the thing I wanted to ask you. Does necessarily them putting you in, because I think there's not a, since we all African Americans in here, we always, all of us had that experience. Yeah. So you're not, yeah. what you just gave us is the African American experience. We, we didn't have to go, but they made us go. Okay, now, now, with that, 
That was good. That was good. But that's not necessarily salvation. See, what you keep talking about is physicality stuff. They took us to church. They did this. They did that. Good. But good is not holy. Okay? Because never once in your, your, your description did you say you repented for your sins. Oh, I have. But, but you didn't, but I'm just saying, but you didn't use that. You used everything that's physical, taking you to church, you being ill, you being hurt. It's bigger than that. Your soul is at stake. You will end up in hell. And you think you're hurting now? End up in hell. And you'll know the difference because there's a story in the Bible. See, God just runs in the Bible. Mm -hmm. There's a story about a man mm -hmm. who's a rich man, wealthy man. And he had it going on. And he was so rich and he was so great. And there's two stories. I'm going to give you the first one first. And it was so good. And he had it going on. And he ruled the land. And then there was a beggar at his, at his place. Mm -hmm. And the beggar used to be so poor and so hurting. The dogs used to lick his wounds. He had bed sores and the dogs, he was so hurt. He had, had let the dogs lick his wounds. The rich man died. The beggar died. And the rich man was in hell. And he was like, allow me to go back and tell. And he looked up and he saw the guy named was Lazarus. He saw Lazarus in heaven, in God's hand. And he said, what is he doing there? And he says, well, 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 okay, I can't figure that out right now. I'm being tormented so much. Can you have him go back, which was my servant, go back and tell them how bad hell is? Abraham said, it don't work like that. He says, a gulf between them and us. And he said, well, can you do me one thing? It's so hellish. It's so bad. Can you have him dip a finger in some water and relieve? Dip a finger in some water and relieve my thirst. And he said, no, it don't work like that. Then Abraham went on to explain to him, if they don't believe the preachers, the teachers, and the prophets that are here, what makes you think they're going to believe a ghost? So, it's not about your well-being physicality. It's about the saving of your soul. And repentance is not a one-time thing. It's a growing thing. God gave us that as a gift that we can do daily to, to, so we can so we won't be unestablished in relationship. See what most people think is one and done. And you did this when you was a child. Because the church said do it. And you ain't repented for what you've done since you was 13. Well, let me tell you something. At 13, you just doing what they told you to do. You've never met the true and living God that'll send you to your knees for what you have done. Mm -hmm. And when only to that God sends you to your knees and you repent, you're not saved. I don't care how much church you go to. Church is not a requirement to be saved. We are the church and we are saved. <laughs> this building is not required for us. To, this, this award right here we got is not, we don't have a building. We rent this building. But we do the work. Why do we do the work? Because God saved us. See, we don't do the work to earn this salvation. See, what you're talking about is, 
I've been praying and why haven't God? I've been doing why haven't God? I've been, I've been, I've been. Well, if God reacted to you all the time like that, then you God. God said you're supposed to be praying regardless of what you're going through. You're supposed to give me the glory regardless of what you're going through. Whether good or bad or indifferent, you're supposed to be praying and repenting to me because you're a sinner. Period. Every day. We are sinners saved by grace. And the grace is not of our own but a free gift from God. So God is telling us and those who marginally believe, why don't you have any power over these things? Because you ain't saved. Why? Because you don't have any power with these things? Because you're not worshiping the true and living God. You got a God of your imagination. See, the God that I worship holds me accountable for my behavior. So if you say something real off the wall that's hateful, mean, all that, how are you going to have power if you hating on somebody? Did you want something bad to happen to somebody? How are you going to have this power life? And, you, and your behavior is not right. God don't bless no devils. We are sinners. We agree with that. But the thing about it is, you can't be duplicitous in your activity. You can't be talking about you want something to happen to you, to him, and then you want to bless somebody over here. Your prayer, if you live like that, your prayers is useless. You might as well stay at home. Because all you bring is the hell that you got in you to them. And they don't know it. But you do. You do. Yes. You do. You know that you don't believe in the God of the Bible. You know that you don't really believe like the Bible tells you to. The Bible says, believe upon me as the scripture is said, and out of your belly shall flow what? Believe on me as the what said? And then out of your belly shall flow what? I teach them that because that's true. So if you don't believe as the scripture said, what's coming out of you? Dead, stale, water. You're killing folk because you think you, you're telling them you know God and you don't. And all I'm saying to you and anybody that's listening around the world, ask God to forgive you. Ask God to show you the true and living God. You want to help your friends that you think are righteous? You get saved. And then check to see if they saved. Where's the fruit? The Bible says that those of us who are saved, we're going to have fruit. Amen. Not just, just some fruit, but much fruit. Where's your fruit? That they can pick from and say, taste and see that the Lord is good. Amen. That's in scripture. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. We taste it through his word, and they should be a taste from you. Who go, oh, brother, my brothers, my sisters, look at them. Who I can eat from them, I can listen to them, eat from them, is listening from them, and finding them, and, and, and sharing with them. And if they're gonna just give me pure God, and they're not gonna give me their opinion, and they'll tell me when they give me your opinion, you should better know the difference. When I, I can tell you the difference when it's my opinion, it's God's word. Sometimes it may be my opinion. It's my opinion, I think, but blah, blah, blah. But let God be true in every man alive. Right? Let God's word be true. Yeah, I don't like everything that's happening in this world. But let God be true. When I read the Bible that God said there's nobody's point to leadership in this world unless I put in there even the, the, the people who are wrong to society Amen. and if a society gets a bad leader it's because they haven't turned to me. So, so is that, if that's the case then that's why we got who we got. Amen. And if you think about it our country is a heathen country. Yes, right. We kill babies. 
We like homosexuals. Just go on and on and on. We're greedy. We, we cause wars in other lands. We want handouts. We, we are drug addicted, medicated. The reason why drugs are so prevalent in the United States is because we want them. Because if we didn't want them, they, couldn't, they wouldn't bring them in. But see, all of this, and, it's, and guess who the, the biggest minority group in the United States is? Who do you think the biggest minority group in the United States is? Nope. Anybody else got a guess? Who you got? Christians. Christians. Real Christians are the, are the largest minority group in the United States. Because there's not a lot of us. There's a few of us. There's always a remnant. All right? So, are we at five yet? Please tell me. We at five. five. Praise God. Let's leave it there. And I'm going to pray, and then we're going we're gonna to call it a day, okay? Oh, gracious Heavenly Father, I just thank you today. I thank you for your word. I pray that your word is resonating in our hearts, that we will learn to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, we know whatever you have promised us, it's going to come true. And the biggest thing you promised us was that we have the opportunity for our souls to be saved. That Jesus died on that cross, on Calvary, not for what he did, for what Adam did, and for what I will do and am doing. And Lord, you gave me the gift of repentance that I might be saved. Lord, so we repent right now in the name of Jesus for anything, anything that prevents us from coming to the throne of grace with boldness. Lord, because you said we can't approach it, but first we need to get ourselves right. We don't want to be like the man who showed up at the wedding feast, not dressed right. But Lord, we're dressed in repentance and we come that boldly to the wedding feast and we sit down. You said you prepare a table before our enemies. You said that you would anoint our head with oil. You said you would lead us into green pastures and lead us beside the still water. You said this, God, and we count on you, God. But even if you don't, we trust you. Because there's something bigger that you're going to deliver us from, which is our sin and ourself. Lord, bless this ministry and everybody who's attached to this ministry around the world. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Man, y'all started off raggedy, but y'all finished with a bang. Hello, this is Pastor Jay with Walker Truth Radio Podcast and Senior Pastor of Walker Truth Christian Fellowship Church. I want to invite all those in the St. Louis metropolitan area to come worship with us every Sunday at 8 a.m. at the Universal Church of Jesus Christ building located at 2301 Wallace Avenue. That's W-A-L-L-I-S Avenue 63114 in Overland, Missouri. Our Dig Deeper Bible Studies are held 11 a.m., and 7 p.m. on Tuesdays. Our Rescue Addiction Recovery class is being held at 7 p.m. on Mondays. We want you to come enjoy the love of God, worship with us, and go line by line and verse by verse as we travel through the Bible. We look forward to seeing you, and one of the things you can leave at home is your wallet. We want you to come sit back, enjoy the fellowship, the love, and the great teaching that goes on at Walking Truth. This is Pastor Jay. I always want you to be encouraged to be blessed. And thank you for considering us as your place of worship.